Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show is about commercial art, making a good living, and making great art. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can find my work on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. You can also find this show at our syndicate's website at illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk. Let's jump in. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Okay, three quick announcements. Number one, I'm speaking at the Midwest Craft Con 2017 on Sunday, February 12th. Uh, go get your tickets. Creative Pep Talk listeners get 20% off a weekend pass or just a pass for Sunday. If you're in Columbus, Ohio in that time or nearby and you want to come hear me speak, go check it out. Go search uh, Midwest Craft Con or look in the show notes for a link to go buy tickets. You get 20% off. That was really kind of them. Super, super nice. Um, I'm going to be talking about uh, that idea of quit hiding and being yourself in your work. So go check that out. The second thing, don't forget that applications are open for my 16-week course. It's a semester long. It's called the MFBA. It's about having a breakthrough in your creative career, whether that's trying to articulate a, a more unique, true artistic voice in your work or trying to figure out how to position yourself in the market. We're going to diagnose 
what needs to change and then develop a project to make that change. Uh, I've already done one semester. It was phenomenal. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Uh, we've already got tons of applications and they keep coming in. Applications close January 27th. So get on it, creativepeptalk.com slash MFBA. And last but not least, super thrilled to, uh, to launch the Goals Notebook. It's called Let's Do This. It's a collaboration with our friends at Scout Books. We made a little notebook together. Uh, you can go get that at scoutbooks.com in their shop or you can go directly to me at creativepeptalk.com slash shop and uh, you can get this sweet little notebook. It's got some prompts for how to write your goals all to do with the episode you're about to listen to. So go check it out. Support the podcast. Thanks, Scout Books. Here's the show. Okay, what's happening, my friends? I'm pumped. I'm ready to bring you that fresh pep for your week to get you moving, to get you pumped out of your mind about creativity, man. Are you excited? I said, are you excited? I can't hear you. (laughs) That is one of my least favorite things that uh, people on stage do, but... You know, once you're on stage, you get so intoxicated by the power that you want to manipulate people into doing your bidding. And it's just that that power goes straight to your head and you're like, I can make you scream. And so I get it. You know, I'm I'm not judging them, but I'm not a, I'm not a major fan of it either. Uh, so. let's talk about the episode. Let's talk about what we're doing here today. What is on my mind? Goal setting, explosive, powerful goal setting. The type of goal setting that gets you out of bed in the morning for an entire year. That's the purpose of goal setting in my mind. It is that activity that you do that gives you a supercharged power for an extended period of time. And that's what I think is fantastic about goal setting. Now, not to mention that the data is there. Like if you write down your goals, you are 42% more likely to achieve them just by writing them down. And so you can thank me now uh, for encouraging you to write down your goals because you just almost doubled your chances of making them happen. And not to mention that, you know, the highly successful all swear by the process of writing goals. If you go listen to the people at the top of any industry, you're going to hear the same thing over and over. This is one of the things that you're going to hear repeated over and over by the top of the heap that they have goals and they write them down. And so if that's not enough for you, here's kind of my personal experience, my personal reason 
for being kind of obsessive about writing goals. I've told this story once and I'll tell it again. It's one of my favorite stories. When I was in the UK, I got into jogging, which is basically just running for an extended period of time. Uh, I, you know, I would jog. I would jog a few miles uh, every other day, and I was kind of blown away because I never thought I would be a jogger. Uh, come to find out, it's one of my favorite activities, and I would just do these slow jogs, listening to Seeger Ross, the album Tack in my mind, just these visions of explosive, euphoric foliage bursting from the seams of the dreary English countryside. Uh, and it was quite fantastic. But, you know, after a few miles, you're kind of getting bored. Uh, you know, I didn't have any particular route that I was taking. I was just kind of exploring. And uh, especially after you've done that, quite a number of times, it really does get kind of boring and you don't feel like, you don't feel the need to push yourself anymore. And then one day I go out on a jog and I just get my attention caught by this tower in the distance, this giant uh, radio tower miles and miles and miles away. And I have this weird voice in my head that says, run to the tower. It's kind of like Gandalf or something uh, <laughs> saying, run to the tower, Andy. And I don't know, it's probably just me being bored and thinking I need a different kind of goal. And so I decide I'm going to run to the tower. And so I do. And I run further than I've ever run in my life. And I've never run that far since. It, must, it was over 10 miles for sure. But it was such a fantastic jog. And by having that clear point on the horizon, that compelling vision of the future, it energized me for my biggest run of all time. And so that's the power of goals in my mind. We've been doing some episodes, getting excited, motivated, prepped for 2017. We've been dreaming up possible futures that excite us. Now's the time to take those visions, to take those pictures of the future that are compelling us and get some specific clarity on what it looks like to achieve them. Because when you have that, a goal, this goal is supposed to be this specific thing that you could actually cross off a list and you know that the deed has been done. And that ability to measure translates into the feeling of progress and that progress turns into happiness. If you're not sure if you're making progress, that's a one-way ticket to apathy. And I believe having a path prevents apathy. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, but it's true. I believe having a path to this goal, having a path that you know that you're on, that has purpose and you can see it and it's measurable, it prevents you from being apathetic about your day-to-day. And recently, you know, uh, in the past, past couple, in the past couple months, a path... 
the path, <laughs> the past. Uh, oh man, um, <laughs> the past couple months, I could feel some apathy setting in. You know, we've done some vacationing. We had uh, family over from the UK. We've been. Just, you know, enjoying family and all that, but I could kind of sense underneath all of that that I wasn't really sure what I was excited about doing next. Like, what uh, what do I really want to do? You know, I think in illustration, my goals have changed. The, 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 uh, the purpose of the podcast, where I want to go with all that stuff, it's all kind of shifted in my subconscious. My goals have changed and I just had this sense that I didn't really have any clarity on where I wanted to go next and it was creating apathy in me. It's really hard to get up and get to work when you don't know what you're working for. And so I believe a path prevents a pathy. Uh, I want to just say that a million times because it's so ridiculous. Uh, but it's true. And that's what I think the power of goals really are. It's that ability to give you that compelling, measurable future that can push you day in, day out, and act as your energy every single day. first thing I think you've got to do, and we talked a little bit about this on other episodes, but I want to get a little bit more specific here on our first step. The first thing you got to do is dream of your desired future. This is massive for me, and I want to talk about this idea of art being not the means to an end, but the end. And here's what I mean. I want you to dream up a desired reality in which you get to make art for an audience. And I really want you to focus. The the point of the goal is not uh, a trophy on the wall. The point of the the goal is to measure that you've successfully entered into the reality that you're looking for. And what I mean by that is I want you to shift away from awards and think about process. The future reality that you're looking for is a world in which you spend the majority of your time working on the creative work that gives you life and that that creative work is for people that you want to be in relationship with. I honestly think that good creative work is like a gift. I'm not the first person to say that. Designer James Victory says that. Jim Henson said that. There are books about this idea that creativity is a gift. I believe that great creativity isn't for just one person. It's like, uh, I, I really be, believe the best creativity comes from the heart, but it acknowledges the person you're giving it to. Just like a good gift. You know, you, you give someone a gift that you bond over something. Like a, a t-shirt for a show that you both watch. A game, if you watch Game of Thrones and your brother watches Game of Thrones and you get him a cool t-shirt, that gift is giving you, it's celebrating your connection, right? It's no fun to give someone a gift that you think is dumb. And it's especially no fun to give a gift that you think's great that they don't care, they couldn't care less about. 
I believe art is supposed to be a meal, right? And let's say you love to cook Indian food. You're, you're crazy about cooking Indian food. You've got this amazing uh, tikka masala that you make. It's just out of this world. But when you make it for your friend that's a vegetarian, you don't just say, well, this is the art that I like to create, so you better eat this chicken tikka masala. No, you meet them halfway and you say, I've got this amazing dish I want to share with you, but I'm acknowledging that you don't want it to be chicken, so I'm going to make it with some paneer, some cheese instead of chicken. And I really believe that art is supposed to be this medium in which you're connecting with another person, with an audience, and it acknowledges you. It comes from your heart, but it acknowledges them. It's made for them. It acknowledges them too. And so I want you to dream up a reality. What would it look like for you to make work that is life-affirming? that excites you, that you could spend ages on. Really, I think tolerance is a massive thing. Supply and tolerance is so key to finding your sweet spot. And what I mean by that is, what can you just spend hours in? Where where do you lose this sense of time in? I'm getting excited. (laughs) I'm I'm not even finishing sentences. Where do you lose sense of time and space? What is that work that you're doing where you're transcending, you're getting that euphoria, that flow state, that mastery and challenge mixed together where you're making this work that is just making you happy to be alive? What kind of work is that? And who can you make that for? Who do you think needs that work? Who can you connect with? And dream of reality where your life is able to be given to that work. That's the reality that we're dreaming up here. It's like, it's that, this is your art spouse, that audience that needs that work that just flows out of you. So that's number one. Number two, This is the massive one. This is the big paradigm shift for me. And it really is a game changer for me. So I'm hoping it's super helpful for you. Two is identify your measure of success. That is your goal. That's the goal or goals that you're going to write down. They have to be achievable, real goals that are actually uh, actionable and helpful and will Uh, change you and enable you to do your best work, they have to be something that you could cross off a list. And by that, I mean, you can't say, I want to lose weight. You have to say, I want to lose 18 pounds because that's the difference between something that can be crossed off a list and something that can't. And there's lots of ways. How do you measure that you've been successful? If 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 your goal is to develop artistically, Maybe there's a publication that could feature your artwork that would mean that in your eyes you've been successful. So even those obscure esoteric goals have ways of measuring success. But I want you to shift a major paradigm shift possibly for the way that you view what goals are. Goals are your measure of success. It means that you've done the deed. And so the idea is you take that future reality that you came up with in step one and you think, 
how can I measure that this relationship has been made? This is your marriage certificate for the <laughs> this is your marriage certificate for the the art relationship for your art spouse that you know that you've engaged in this relationship. The deed has been done, so to speak. You get a certificate of marriage. And this is where it gets tricky. This is why you have to change your perspective because when your perspective on goals is out of whack, the relationship, the art isn't about the art. The art becomes a means to an end. And when the end is a marriage certificate, that's illegal. When the end is a marriage certificate, we call that a green card marriage. When you're just getting married for the certificate, everything's out of whack. When you want to work for the New York Times so you can hang uh, that name on your website as an accolade, not because you want to engage with that audience and spend time and space and energy making that type of illustration, that's a green card marriage. And they don't work out very well. It's hard to stay in a relationship for the wrong reasons. It's hard to kill a dragon. It's hard to have the bravery and the commitment to kill a dragon just so you can hang his head on your wall. It's a lot easier to kill a dragon when your kids' lives are at stake, when, when your goal is the reality of a town that is dragonless, a safe town. When you're working for that future reality, you're going to have this burst of energy like you've never seen before. And I think for a lot of you, you've never done your goals this way. You've got your cart before the horse. But if you can get inspired by, man, I want to live in that reality. And then, then you go to your goals and say, how do I measure this? I can guarantee you it's an explosive exercise. If your art is a gift, your goal is just delivery confirmation. It's saying that gift that you made has been sent. It's been received by the audience. And so if your goal is to be signed by a particular record label, that better be because that means that it's hitting the right audience. It's going to be received by the right people, the people that you have an affinity for, the people who are demanding the thing that you've got a supply of. So I want you to think about the fact that it's important that these goals are a really good mix of challenge and mastery. This idea of flow, the flow state, uh, the way that you get into that zone of being in the zone, if you've ever been in the zone, it is literally the best part of being a person. Uh, if you've ever been in this place where it's the perfect balance of mastery and challenge, there is no more, there, for me, there's nothing more euphoric than that. Than when you're meeting a challenge that you're just just perfectly in the place to, to uh, complete. Musicians call it like 
when the song writes itself because your subconscious is working toward this end because it's prepared, it's ready. That muscle has been worked exactly for this challenge. And so when you think of your goals, I think you need to find that sweet spot. It's not just shoot for the stars, dream incredibly big. I want to make a movie. I want to be on TV. I want to have, you know, these romantic notions, these giant uh, wishes. That's going too far out of your mastery. But you've got to go out of your mastery in order for it to be a challenge. That's the sweet spot of the flow state. It's exciting, but you're also confident. And so when you're thinking about these measures of success, this delivery confirmation, I encourage you to try to find that sweet spot where it's just out of reach, enough to where you're going to have to grow to get there. The last thing you've got to do, step three, is make the work. You got to make the gift. You got to build that cake, Pedro. If you want, if you want to date with Summer Wheatley, you better get bacon. All right. And this is the beauty. This is the beauty of this way of approaching goals: is that when your artwork isn't a means to an end, when it is the end, you get to get started whenever you have a free minute. You get to get working, you get to get experiencing that reality before you've even achieved the goal. And this is why it's so essential. Because if you're if it's all about doing the work, you can do that work before anybody gives you permission. This phenomenon, hands down, is my is my biggest platform. It's the thing I'm most passionate about. And it's doing the work before someone gives you the permission. I just watched the movie La La Land with uh, my wife. We went on a date, uh, mom and dad date. Um, (laughs) And they talk about this idea too. They talk about this idea. Don't wait for someone to discover your genius. Make your best work and prove it. Prove how good you are. Don't wait for someone to, for the perfect role to land in your lap. People don't even know you exist. How are they going to write the perfect role for you? You know you. You write the perfect role. This isn't... Uh, this is not like I love talking in these magical, big, esoteric, cosmic terms. And although there are some ways where I think that this applies in that realm, this is my most practical advice that I give. And I think it has very practical applications. And there's a real strategic, businessy way to approach it. And there are about 5,000 millions. <laughs> Uh, 5,000 millions of ways where you can see this play out in everyday life. And it makes me so happy right now because of the democratization of the tools to create things. We've never had more of a meritocracy in the creative world. The people that are amazing are likely to get discovered as long as they keep making it and proving it. I'm a massive fan of the movie Moana. I just, we've seen it two times. I'm obsessed with it. It is so freaking good. It's my favorite Disney movie. At the very least, my favorite Disney movie. Something that makes me just incredibly happy is that there are two folks that are involved in this movie that are just 
B.A., hands down, undeniable, over and over proved their worthiness of their craft. The first one is Jermaine Clement, one of my favorite comedians of all time. He's one half of Flight of the Concords. Here's a guy who has made so much stuff without people giving them permission. From New Zealand, by the way, outside of you know the American market where he's now uh, famous, but he, him and Brett, him and Brit wrote all these comedy songs, toured them as stand-up, eventually turned into an HBO show. That HBO show eventually turned into a billion opportunities to do exactly what they proved they were good at. And they worked from the grassroots level. They didn't have a gyrant, a gyrant? <laughs> that giant go viral moment breakthrough. There were all, there's always breakthroughs, but they're never the end deal. They're not the fairy godmother coming in the middle of the night, changing your life in one fell swoop. There's just a series of small breakthroughs and they come for most people to the people who make them happen. They don't wait to be in the right place at the right time. And Jermaine has shown that he can do these, he can write and perform these hilarious songs, these hilarious characters. And he did it in the movie Rio. And he, and he did it in the movie Moana. And he's done it in plenty of movies. And he continues to get these roles because he's proved his genius. He didn't wait for someone to discover it. Lin-Manuel Miranda, who uh, wrote and starred in the musical Hamilton, which I haven't seen, but I really want to. Uh, I've been convinced through the, uh, from hearing the soundtrack and then hearing him in interviews and then seeing all these songs that he wrote. He wrote all the songs for Moana and performed one of them. Here's a guy who has consistently, on a, just one thing at a time, proved himself as a creative genius without anybody else's permission. Rashida Jones, Quincy Jones' daughter, Karen from The Office, she's gonna write Toy Story 4, she already has. How'd she get that opportunity? Cause she wrote, uh, what is it called? <laughs> uh, Celeste and Jesse Forever. She wrote that, directly leads to the next opportunity. But the amazing thing is that isn't, isn't so much that it leads to opportunity, it's that it is the opportunity. Because the opportunity is to make the work. Judd Apatow says he just wants his movies to be good enough to continue making movies because it's not about the Oscar, it's about the process. It's about the process of making the work. This is your compass. If making the work does not sound exciting, you've got the cart before the horse. You've got the ends before the means. And it's a purifier. It will help you purify your motives. And when your motives are pure, your whole brain will be all in on making them happen. Your subconscious will help you make it happen. It will be like magic. And so what you have to do is you have to ask yourself, what is the work that excites me to make today? without an award, who do I want to be in relationship with? Who do I want to speak to? What's in me 
that's in other people, that I want to make something so we can bond over that, so they can feel known and I can be known. Find that work and start making it. Right now, actually, I'm experiencing this. I've been working on this book for years. I have a lot of the content done. I'm super pumped about it. Every time I start thinking about, okay, what does this book actually look like in terms of you know, the title and, and how I write it, how much writing there is, how much illustration there is, what's the mix, what does the book look like when I hold it, the vision of the book. Every time I start thinking about that, If I think about it through the lens of getting a book deal, all of a sudden I'm filled with anxiety and I don't want to do the book. As soon as I think about it through the lens of self-publishing, and I'm not saying that I want to self-publish it, but just saying a book that I would want to make regardless of if there are any accolade or ego stroking alongside it, just something that I need to put down into paper my energy explodes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to make this book. It's a mind game. So much of this podcast is, is that mind over matter. It, it, it's so factual. I really deeply believe that life, success, all of these things, they occur in your mind first. It's getting the right perspective that serves the end that you're looking for. And for me, that little trick does wonders. How can I get into the place where working on the work is the end? What work is that? The clearer you get on that, the more energy you're going to have and the more successful this activity will be. And so here's what I want to say. I want to be honest with you for a minute. I want to tell you something that is a deeply held belief of mine that is kind of weird. I honestly believe that this process is sacred and magical. I can barely say it because it sounds so ridiculous, but in my experience, it actually is I, I can tell you so many times where I've gone through this process legitimately, honestly, through these lenses, and they've come to fruition. And that feeling is so addictive. Before you've ever done that, before you've ever set your, chart, uh, set your path and, and, and uh, set sail in a direction and tried to accomplish something and then done it, before you do it, it can kind of feel like uh, bogus, like what are the chances, you know, what's the point in spending this time and energy. Once you've done it more than once and you've seen the power, it becomes an addiction. It becomes your favorite activity. When I was first graduating, uh, this German magazine called Onion Mag did a little interview with me about my illustration and they just randomly asked, what do you want to do in the next year? And I just kind of randomly thought, what kind of fun things do I want to do? I'd love to make a t-shirt. I'd love to make a book. I'd love to make this. I hadn't done hardly anything. Not even really sure why they interviewed me actually. Uh, but just like 
kind of off the top of my head, here's five things that I would love to do. And they, and none of them were attached to a client. None of them were attached to accolade. They were all just, I would love the process of making this stuff. A few years later, I ran across that interview and I looked through it again because I couldn't remember it at all. And I saw that list and I thought, in that year, I did every single thing that I listed. Not only I made a book, it was published. And it shocked me. And that's when my addiction to goal setting started. I just listened to Tim Ferriss's interview of Debbie Millman. And it's so weird when the worlds collide, the creative world and the mainstream world. Uh, it's so weird, but it was amazing. It's a phenomenal interview. It's really deep and personal, and there's all kinds of uh, really important threads that go through that interview. I highly suggest checking it out. Debbie Millman is a, is a phenomenal designer. She has another podcast called Design Matters where she interviews creative people. She's, she's so fantastic. Um, I just want to celebrate Debbie Millman because I think she's so fantastic as a person and um, she's done so much for the creative world. But she did an interview with Tim and she talks about this very same thing. And she says that Milton Glaser, uh, the, the famous designer, the guy who designed I Heart New York and that Bob Dylan poster that is one of my favorite designs of all time, got her to do this when she was at SVA to dream up a reality write out all the goals, the things that she wants to accomplish in the next five years. And she claimed the same thing, that it was completely magic and she was blown away by her ability to, to cast a vision, to birth a vision and then watch it become reality. I don't know, I don't know if it's just your subconscious, if your subconscious, you know, your full brain working towards the same thing with a clear point in the horizon that's measurable. And it's just like, thank God, because I didn't know what we were doing on this planet. Let's make this happen. I like to believe it's something even deeper than that. Our ability as these divinely inspired creative beings, we have this potential for conjuring up new realities. We have this innate ability to create futures. I, I, I keep talking about this, but I think it's so profound, so powerful. Steve Jobs saying the thing that shifted in him that changed everything is when he looked around and he saw he, that every, every person, that this world that he lived in was created by people. It didn't just exist. These houses, these structures, these billboards, these skyscrapers, they weren't, they didn't just appear from robots. They were made by people who had a vision and then acted and accomplished. And I think it's such a powerful shift in reality when you go from life happening to you to you happening to it. You have that creative energy, that power inside of you to enact and conjure up new realities in your future. And I deeply believe that the most effective way, and I think science is behind me on this, I think the data's there, 
the most effective way is to stop what you're doing and just figure out what is the delivery confirmation of the gifts that I want to give. Another CPT in the bag. I hope this episode pumped you up as much as it seemed to pump me up. I got pretty passionate in this bad baby. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for the kind words. I love you guys so much. I really do. Uh, Don't forget, I'm speaking at Midwest CraftCon in February. Don't forget, MFBA applications, get them in. Uh, You don't have much time to do that. If you want to take your career, your creative career to the next level and you want me to help you do that, go sign up. Uh, Love to help you do that. There's only 10 spots. Last thing, last but not least, if you are inspired to get your goals written down, I got a good place for them. Got a little pocket notebook where you can spend, you know, I honestly honestly suggest taking half a day off. Schedule it, um, even if it's the weekend and go deep and get specific and really think of goals that excite you uh and i and i mean that like find that visceral level there might be something that you thought you wanted but when you go to write it down it's not pumping you up uh get it based in that future reality uh and in scout books and i did a collaborative little project it's called the let's do this goal notebook you can find it at creativepeptalk.com slash shop or you can go find it on scout books go get yourself customizable notebooks and all your good jazz from them they've been uh great partners for creative pep talk thank you guys thanks scout books guys man seriously you know a creative career is not about going viral it's not about um one major breakthrough it's about a series of small breakthroughs over time working for the paycheck putting in the hours Uh, and that's why every week I'm bringing you more pep because it's about long game so uh, do whatever you gotta do to stay pepped up 